What's up, y'all? It's Will here at Schedule Fly. And this is a cool episode because uh, this is with a guy named Jason Cervantes. And he is starting a new concept in Long Beach, sort of the Los Angeles area out there in uh, California. It's called Lil Vegery and uh, L-I-L apostrophe. And it's a vegan um, quick service place smoothies salads bowls um he's been in the industry a while this is his first opportunity to own his own place and uh, he told me about this i look back in my emails it was it was a couple years ago um and he addressed you know he, he talked about you know this in the episode he talked about you know kind of during covid and they were all shut down and that was when he started thinking about this and researching this and planning this and uh, i did find after I talked to him I went and found the email where he first mentioned he was working on this and it was uh it was like a almost two years ago I think it was September or August of 2020 ish and uh so it was really cool to have this opportunity because Jason is uh opening his new place you know the, the plan is on May 1 and so just right around the corner and it's very cool to talk to him about learning him learning the process of creating a business plan finding investors structuring the investment uh, and all the things leading up to opening his first place and we talked about this uh, on the episode and I hope that we'll we'll both uh, follow through with this or I hope mostly that he has the time and the inclination to do this which is we talked about making this almost a series within our podcast series to, you know, we've taught him a month out of away from opening what happens a month after opening. And then, you know, what happens three months after that and six months after that and so forth. Um, how do things track to his plan and what's changed and how are things going? So if he and I both, uh, follow through and, you know, continue with that, I think it would be really cool to just sort of document live, you know, the planning of and opening and uh, growth of a new concept and a, a first concept for a first time owner. So we uh, got had some a couple of technical issues. I think I cleaned most of it up. Um, his Wi-Fi wasn't working there. Some issue with Spectrum. So he's on his cell line and um so there's a couple of places where it, it gets a little broken up but i think it's fairly well cleaned up and I, either way it's definitely very well worth listening to this uh he has a great attitude he's worked really hard at this he's very excited about his plan and um the opportunity he has and you know of course we always just love these types of stories here at schedule fly and we love being able to share these stories and we appreciate you listening. Uh, spread the podcast, uh, by the way, as much as you can. You know, we've just like we've grown our business, we've grown this just just word of mouth, really. And I'm um, super thrilled to have a great audience. Uh, if you have 30 seconds, if you're on uh, particularly if you're on iTunes, give us a rating, you know, a, a rating of one to five stars and five being the best and a comment that really helps um, the algorithms, you know, place us in front of people that are looking for restaurant content so uh without further ado thank y'all for listening and uh stay tuned more of these coming all right see ya what's up, so, Jay? how are you man i'm good how you doing 
good. I'm, I'm doing well. It's good to see you. It's good to, good to finally put a face to the uh, voice. Yeah, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I appreciate you uh, doing this today, man. Honor. Uh, I've learned a lot from uh, listening to the podcast and reading the book. Uh, 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 you have two books, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've, I've read through uh, most of one of them. And uh, yeah, so it's an honor to jump in and try and give back a little. Well, uh, well okay. Start out. Just introduce yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, here um name's jason cervantes uh i'm in los angeles south los angeles south bay uh redondo beach um I'm opening a restaurant uh nice little vegan takeout concept that we're doing um been in restaurants uh mostly my whole life and uh was a server for a lot of years and uh then in leadership for seven uh was fortunate to uh be a uh, you know manager manager than AGM and then GM and a director at some um, popular spots here in LA all high volume and um, so now I'm taking a stab at my own. What an exciting time, man! Congrats on that. When's uh so what's the time frame for y'all? May first. Yeah, uh, I got lucky with a turnkey spot. Um, that this guy wanted out and I wanted in. And uh, so all the heavy lifting's done. Um, so pretty much just decorating um, some uh, small equipment we need and uh, some bells and whistles, signage, uh, you know, uh, get all the health stuff straightened out and hire and train and um, get it fired up. That is so exciting, man. May 1. So this is your uh this is this is your baby um a lot of years in the making so let's talk about it man so i mean you've been you've been working on this through covid uh and all the craziness out there in la and and uh so you tell me about the spot there you said somebody wanted out was it um somebody who wound up not making it because of covid or just they were just moving on or tell me about the location yeah. Um, so we, when I set out to do this, um, it was, uh, kind of right, right around the time we all got furloughed. Right. So almost two years ago. And, uh, I enjoyed the time off for a little bit. Right. Cause you're running restaurants and stuff. It's, it's a grind. We all know. And, uh, so I was like a couple weeks off, I'll take it. Um, and then, but I still had in the back of my mind, you know, like, um, I should, I should still look for work, you know, and, and see what's going on. Um, so I started looking for, for jobs and, um, uh, the couple of places that were looking for, for some uh, you know, managers and stuff. Did I lose you there or no? Yeah. I lost you for a second. Oh, somebody is, I'm on my phone. Cause I guess there's a spectrum outage. So, uh, um, there's no internet. So I'm on like the, I'm on my phone. So it was a call coming in, but anyways, um, uh, so I, I looked for management jobs for a little bit and, uh, and nobody was hiring, uh, you know, the, the higher positions, like I, I was looking for. So I kind of, um, couldn't find anything. And, um, I, um, thought of this idea to, to, you know, have a place where, uh, 
we can eat clean and uh, but still be you know delicious. My fiance is a nutritionist, and um, she uh, has always you know been big on how what we eat affects our bodies. And I, um, she's always sending me all these clean recipes. And, and when I was working a bunch, I uh, I never had time to you know cook or, or or use these things that she wanted us to make. And finally. When I had all this time off, we um, started cooking clean at home, plant-based, no soy, no gluten. And uh, so, but I have, you know, big restaurant palate. I've been eating restaurant food my whole life. So I'm like, all right, we'll eat clean, but we got to make it delicious. It's got to taste good. I'm not going to eat boring food. And uh, so, so that's, you know, um, what we built this around. And uh, um, I'm getting to your, to your question. They, um, when I set out to do this, everybody said I would, I would, I was never going to raise the money, but I would find a spot like that because everybody thought, you know, all these places were going to go out of business. Um, so fast forward, uh, you know, I did the business plan and the pitch deck and, and, you know, did all the, uh, uh, research and everything. And, and I was able to raise the money pretty quickly. Um, and I couldn't find a spot. And, um, uh, they, I, somebody in one of my conversations with mentors and other owners and stuff, somebody said, suggested just knock on doors, you know, go into businesses and, and ask if anybody wants to sell. And I, I came into this box. I'd driven by it a million times and, um, uh, I, I popped in and, you know, uh, was able to get a hold of the owner and, um, he wanted a bunch of money that, uh, you know, so I, it, it, it you know, it didn't work at that time. And, um, fast forward a few months and uh, I don't know even know how we still have my number but he reached out and I was willing to make a deal and um so it made sense and we pulled the trigger and I think uh he said that the pandemic kind of did him in before that they um were doing pretty well and uh but they're right across the street from uh uh they were doing Mexican food and it's right across the street from this Mexican place. that has been here for decades. And it's like the spot that everybody goes to for, for that type of food. And, uh, so anyways, they it just, he was ready to go. And, um, so, uh, so we lucked out. Man, there's so many things I want to ask you about. So I'm trying to think about where to start. Cause it's such a unique opportunity when you're, you know, you're building up to this first place. Okay. So let's talk about the business plan. So you sat down to write a business plan. Like what had you written one before? No. Um, and it was daunting, man. I, I had a couple pitch decks. See, I didn't even know like there was a business plan on a pitch deck, right? Like when, when I, I was, I, people had handed pitch decks that I could use as reference. And I thought that that was a business plan. And, um, but a huge help uh, was this local community um, here has a, um, like a, a program with free business consulting. And I don't know if, you know, uh, anybody listening, if, if, if there's something local to everybody that does that, but, uh, but here in LA, uh, El Camino college has, it's called the small business development center and it's free business consulting through the college. And it was hugely helpful. And so I reached out to them and they, uh, put me, assigned me to a guy with restaurant experience who I uh, was able to pick his brain, um, pretty much whenever I wanted. And, um, and then there's another guy who's more like finance side of stuff. Uh, and they suggested a, a service called live plan, which is awesome. Live plan. Yep. Uh, live plan.com. And, um, they, uh, they break it up into 
like just manageable pieces. And, um, and they give, you know, for each part, you know, the executive summary, the team, the vision, the mission, um, all of it, uh, uh, the numbers, there's a huge section on the numbers, of course, which is um, really important. And, um, and it broke it into little manageable pieces. And for each section, it like would walk you through exactly how to do it. And it even had examples of, um, of other business plans that had been done. So you can use those as like, uh, uh, for reference and, um, and, and it was huge. So, you know, I little by little chipped away at that. And then, uh, uh, before I knew it, I had a whole big, pretty business plan with financials and everything plugged in. Um, but of course I had to like, you know, do my homework as far as the, the what it was going to cost to do this, you know, like, uh, uh, what's the market looking like? Um, uh, how are things trending for, for plant-based food? Um, and yeah, so, so did the business plan and then, uh, that kind of informs the pitch deck and, um, and we got that going and every step of the way I reach out to the, to the consulting guys. I'm like, Hey, this, you know, this is where I'm at. What do you think? And they kind of critique it and I'd go back and, and polish it off. And then, uh, and then, uh, um, my fiance was a huge help in making the pitch deck pretty. Um, she put some cool colors in it, some cool graphics. And then next we know, um, we're ready to sell it. So like, okay. So how long did it take you to do the business plan? Um, a few months, chipping away. How many, like how many pages was it? So the, the, the big document is like 40. Um, and interestingly enough, nobody looked at it. <laughs> nobody, nobody asked for it. Um, they, everybody, you know, uh, wanted to see the deck. This is when I reached out to, to start selling it. People want to see the deck and then, through that, you know, in conversations around that, I was able to um, share my um, facility with the numbers and uh, and show everybody like, yeah, restaurants are risky, but um, here's why you're going to get paid back and here's how much money you're going to make after that. And then, um, uh, so it was, you know, uh, I say, I joked that nobody looked at the deck um, at the business plan considering what was, you know, um, known to be a valuable document, but um, nobody looked at it, but all the work I did to put into it was huge because, um, I know, you know, I know it inside and out so I can talk about it whenever it comes up. So, and so then you've got that a 40 page business plan, which I was going to ask you. I mean, I would think you probably would still be glad you did it just because of the, what you learned, but the pitch Absolutely. deck, like, so what is a pitch deck? How many pages is, is a pitch deck and what's the difference between the two? Yeah. Um, I've always loved your questions. And I, I was, uh, I, uh, I wanted to say that you're, uh, the podcast, there's always like a, like a therapeutic value because you have this cool, like cadence in your, in your voice and your, and your, the way you talk and like the cool Southern thing going, it's always like relaxing to, uh, <laughs> to listen to you. Um, uh, the pitch deck is, it can be between like 10 to 14 pages. It's like a summary of, of what's in the business plan. And it's got all like, like the, the, the stuff people want to know, right? Like, you know, a nice pretty page with the, the name of the business and, and, and my name and, you know, my title and, and my contact info. And then, uh, you know, what problem are we going to solve? Right. Um, uh, like for us, um, there's good food everywhere. Um, but not all of it is made to promote well-being, And so, if somebody, for whatever reason, you know, you, you, it's after the holidays and you want to eat well, or you went to the doctor and the cholesterol is high or the blood pressure is high or something, 
um, unless you like cook at home and, and have it fit what you need. Um, there's really not a lot of options where, uh, you can eat that. It's like, you know, good for you, but it also tastes really good. Um, there's yeah. more, but they're, uh, um, it's still pretty green. Um, so, you know, that's a problem solution. How are we going to, um, so you have your, your opening, your problem, your solution. We're going to make, uh, um, you know, chef driven, um, delicious, uh, plant-based bowls and salads that are soy free and gluten free, but above all, uh, taste good and, and, um, and in a convenient, uh, um, approach, right. Quickly, cleanly, deliciously. Um, so that's our solution. Then like, you know, your, um, how are you going to get the word out? How are you going to go to my, it's called the go to market page, um, page with the market stats, you know, like this is why it's, it's trending and this is why it's a good investment for you. Um, this is how it's trending and why it's a good investment for you. You know, globally, uh, it's on pace to do 75 billion, uh, plant-based food is on pace to do $75 billion, uh, um, in the next few years, uh, nationally, all the, you know, the, the plant-based brands are doing well. Veggie grill is, uh, um, has like 35 locations. Now there's another place called copper branch from Canada that, um, has goals to have 200 stores pretty soon. Guys like, um, you know, Mark Cuban have invested millions of dollars in plant-based, uh, um, operations. And then, uh, and then locally, um, all the plant-based, uh, places in, in LA near where we live are all doing really well. So that's like, you know, market stats page. This is how, um, you know, how much we're going to uh, charge per bowl and average in, and this is how many people we expect to serve. And this is how much money we can make in a year. And then of course, like a page of the financials, um, um, you know, uh, top line gross sales this is how much our costs are going to be. This is how much we're going to profit. And this is how fast do we get paid back, uh, to invest. Um, and of course they're all projections. Um, and then, yeah. So, uh, before you know, you have a, a document, 10 to 14 pages. You want, you want to be thorough, but like concise. Cause you know, um, you only have people's attention for not that long. Yeah. But you, you want to get the point across. So, okay. So you put this together. And you do all this research, and um, I'm curious. Like I've always been fascinated with this. Like you're starting this place from scratch, new, new concept, um, and and uh, your first location. How do you like? How do you get an idea of what your revenue is going to be? I mean, you you have to make a lot of assumptions. I'm assuming on traffic and like how do you come to that number? So. I, um, I look at, uh, how did I, like, what was the first step for that? Um, I would, um, uh, I mean, that's one thing I did. I went to other plant-based spots around town and just parked outside and just watched the traffic that went in and out and trying to gauge how much food you went out with. Um, love and, it. Yeah. And, uh, most of it went pretty well. One guy didn't, so one guy saw me and he came out and he's like, yo, what are you doing? And I'm like, ah, oh, you know, open spot. He's like, you're kind of creepy. <laughs> and I'm like, man, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm doing research. He's like, yeah, you know, well, you know, the sooner you're done, the better. And I was like, all right, sorry. Um, That's uh, hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> the, hey, you got to do what you got to do there, Jason. <laughs> right. I bought stuff. I was like holding one of his smoothies. I'm like, you know, I, I, I bought something. Um, he's not there anymore, by the way. Um, uh, but that was a, a big part of it. Um, 
trying to think that and then like I see how much people are paying you know like I look at other menus and see how much people are paying and then I kind of um, see how much it would cost to kind of make everything go and then I have our targets like you know if we can um, if we can make a million dollars a year um, we can profit this much okay cool how many um, uh, how many bowls do we have to sell uh, um, and juices and stuff to, to make a million dollars a year cool we have uh, we have to do this many people uh, a day um, this many people an hour and then so, you know, I, I, I would stake these places out, you know, during busy times, during not busy times, then kind of come up with an average of how many people are coming in a day. And then I have real numbers of like, hey, cool, you know, we can do uh, this much. Um, sorry, I uh, got another call. Um, we can do this much um, a year if we do this many people. Um, you know, these places are doing that. So these are feasible, feasible um realistic uh, uh projections um and that's kind of the nuts and bolts of it so you you put this together and you uh you have your final deck you had some uh mentors you mentioned through the program at the school and then how do you go start raising money for this like who do you do you like who do you start calling is it friends and family or do you have a certain strategy for how you approach people or like when you approach them? Uh, meaning that like, do you go to your best prospects first or do you go to them last? Cause you want to refine your plan or how'd you do it? So glad you asked that because um, it's funny. One of the things I remember from one of your books actually um, says that you take your, your um, yeah. You write down everybody. Uh, you remember this? You write down. I do. Scott Maitland at top of the t- top of the hill. It's why I asked that question because he he go ahead. I mean, I remember it very well. Yeah. So so uh, it says you take your uh, you start a list of people you think you'll invest, and you start at the top with the people you're sure will and and uh, you know hands down. I know that 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 they're gonna jump on board, and then you go all the way down, and at the bottom of the list is people that like probably won't, but you're just gonna you know throw it at them just in case. See see what sticks. And then you flip that list upside down and then you start with the, with the people that, you know, you probably won't. And then, and, and then you work your way down to the people that will. And, and then every time you do that, you practice the pitch, right. And, and you get better at, at, at delivering it. And it's so funny because I was so excited when I finally finished the deck and put all the work into it and I was going to go raise money. I completely disregarded all that. And I just, <laughs> like, I just, you know, cause I was sure there's no way anybody's going to tell me now. And, um, uh, I, you know, I, I wish I, of course, I wish I would have taken any advice and done it. Um, because there was a lot of no's and it exactly like it says is, um, you know, I had been working on all this stuff for, for all that time, but I hadn't like, you know, and, and I had, I talked about it a lot. So I, I thought that I was, um, uh, dialed in with, you know, how to deliver it, but I, you know, I wasn't, you know, like I, you know, yeah to share it with somebody in a way that's exciting to them and to like, you know, start, you know, they don't care about, people don't care about my dream and my passion and all that. They, of course, right. Naturally, they want to know how they're going to make the money back. So, um, uh, you know, I got a lot of no's and, uh, I just, uh, you know, yeah, I started with, you know, I, I, uh, in my contacts, I've run a lot of restaurants and I've met so many people, um, along the way. And, uh, so I had a giant list of people, and people from school and people I met over the years that I know, you know, have deep resources. Um, so I started there and I uh, got a lot of painful no's. Um, 
And um, shout out to my fiance for, you know, talking me off a cliff, uh, you know, every couple of days when it looked like nobody's ever going to come in. And, um, but exactly like, like that suggestion read in the book, um, every no I got, I learned from and um, uh, would take notes and stuff about, you know, gauge when people, you know, what people were interested in and, and you know, where I lost them and stuff. Um, um, and then practice, you know, how to deliver it. And, uh, but interestingly, um, all the money, most of it came from places I didn't even expect, you know, like I, you know, I went, I would just run into somebody, uh, and tell them about what I'm doing and what's going on and we have a conversation. And then next thing I know, they're like, you know, sign me up, you know, how, how much would this get me or whatever. And, um, but even in those conversations, I had practice it and I was able to, you know, confidently, um, discuss what was important to them. And then, uh, and then, but there were still, you know, some friends and family who, who came in, um, thankfully. And, uh, so all that. Yeah. I've always felt like that. Uh, it's, it's an amazing piece of advice to, to take that list. And you're, you're obviously going to think of the best opportunities first. It's great advice to, to say, flip it upside down. The challenge is with that is with a lot of advice is like, you can't really appreciate it until you experience it. And when you've done the amount of work you've done to build this thing, it's like, yeah, yeah, but I know this stuff and I got to, I mean, you want to raise the money. Like, so you're, you're just thinking like, I just, I got to start with, you know, I got to, I got to get this done. And uh, so that's, it is why I asked that question. I was really curious about that. I, I thought it was, you know, of all the years doing this, there's certain things that really, caught my attention and I've never forgotten. And that's one of them because it was so counterintuitive. I mean, it makes a ton of sense when you explain it, but it's not something you would naturally intuit. You would just, you know, you'd think the opposite, but uh, well, so you, well, how long did it take you to raise the money? Like six months. Okay. And uh, how, how many investors do you have? Like nine. Okay. So you got nine investors and is it a, is it debt and equity or how, how did you structure it? All equity. Um, okay. One of, uh, one of my mentors is a previous uh, boss of mine. And, you know, uh, um, sorry, uh, clearing all these calls. Um, and uh, so I, I followed his footsteps and um, uh, yeah, so I sold 50% of the, uh, company will hold on for me one second yeah no problem all right cool we're recording again so you were okay so we were talking about uh if i remember investors and it was equity and it was 50 50 if i remember correctly based on you know good advice you got from mentors that is that right yeah uh so i sold uh yeah sold 50 percent um equity okay got it and then how do you um like what's the, you don't have to get into the dollars, but like how, how do investors uh, that are equity investors in a restaurant like yours uh, get a return? Are you paying like a, an annual dividend or is it their return? Is it you uh, have a long-term exit strategy or both or? Uh, good question. The, so part of me being uh you know, able to sell it was, um, 
the promise that, you know, we're going to get everybody paid back as quick as humanly possible. And in order for that, um, the way we structured it is that I, um, as the owner, I won't take any profit until everybody's paid back. And then, um, as far as like actual distributions, um, like, you know, this, that's one of the things that I'm kind of learning as I go. Um, but as soon as it makes sense, you know, to keep things moving here and, and, um, you know, have, uh, uh, enough on hand for a rainy day kind of stuff. Um, then as soon as I can start making distributions and, uh, then we can get that rolling. Um, but yeah, so until then, until everybody's paid back, I'll take like a, a tiny salary, like just really just enough to get by. I was doing the numbers and, uh, it, it's going to be right around what I was, uh, compensated my very first management job. Like when I went from serving to managing like low, like level manager, yeah. uh, it's going to, it's going to be that. Uh, and, uh, and then hopefully, you know, we can get things to go and, and get everybody paid back and then onward and upward. What happens when you pay back though? Does that, does that change the equity structure or? Uh, no. So, uh, so then, okay. So if somebody like, let's say somebody buys in for 10%, um, ownership for 10 units, um, they, since that's what they own, right. So I own 50 and then everybody owns, uh, everything else. Um, but since I'm not, uh, making any profit, uh, out of the gate, then essentially they're going to, any, any, any profits that get distributed, a 10% owner is going to get 20%. Um, uh, and then after that, until they're paid back. And then after that, then everybody, uh, you know, whatever we distribute, then breaks up the ownership structure dictates. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, um, so you got nine, nine, how many people, I mean, how many investors or potential investors do you think you spoke to? Probably like 80 or 90. Really? I might be, um, I mean, it feels that way, you know, like as, as all yeah. the notes that might be kind of high, but if I'm ballparking it probably at the most, um, but yeah, it felt like, you know, there's, you know, just like anything, there's, there's a lot of rejection. Um, so sometimes it felt like, you know, not it's 70 people told me no. Um, but, uh, somewhere around there could have been less. Did you talk to any, uh, traditional sources of financing? Like it, banks for an SBA loan or anything like that? Or was it all just, I did not, I don't own a home and, um, you know, I, I live in LA, so, uh, I rent a little apartment and, um, yeah, I mean, i anybody I spoke to said that, you know, I, I didn't even really dig deep into it because, uh, my understanding is you have to own a home to put up. Um, so no. Okay. Gotcha. So you went with private investors and then, um, and you got a group of people who are behind the uh, behind what you're doing and have, a, you know, obviously they understand it takes a while to get going. Um, but you uh, feel good about all the folks you have on board and um, you got what you need to get started. So here we are about a month out from opening. Um, now, I see you got a nice looking background in that space there. How much of your build out have you done? So fortunately, uh, it's all, it's all built. Um, we don't, we don't have to, to 
do anything. It's just like some lipstick and a couple of uh, pieces of equipment um, and uh, like small, players. Um, you know, the security, uh, the guy that was just here was uh, um, dialing in the security stuff. Um, so yeah, uh, thankfully no build. Cause that, you know, it's, it's so expensive um, to, to do all that stuff. Um, we almost took over the spot that we were going to have to um, build out. Uh, just because that's how dire it was looking for a space. We couldn't find anything. And finally, one of my partners who's in construction offered to do the, you know, if we did find the right spot, he offered to do the build and we, you know, we're going to work everything out on the back, the back end. And, uh, but uh, the more I'm here in, in this turnkey spot and, uh, and the more I learned just from um, doing the little bit of that we're doing here, like it's scary to think how much it would, it would have cost us to, uh, even with his offer of him doing the whole build and working things out in the end. Um, cause I mean, things were expensive before, you know, all this and inflation and all that. So, uh, um, yeah, so, uh, nothing really, uh, um, and in, even, even as, as, uh, minor as all the stuff is that we're doing here, I, you know, I still know how fast money goes, you know, and, and, um, I'm spending every, every hour, every day. I still have a waiter, uh, serving job, two jobs that I do on the weekends. Um, but Monday through Friday, I'm here and, uh, you know, I could have gone for convenience to buy all the stuff that we need. We needed a, uh, a four burner uh, with an oven, you know, juicers and, uh, um, you know, the Vitamixes and the food processors and that kind of stuff. And, and for the convenience of it, I could have just, you know, gone to the local store and, 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 um, you know, got everything in one swoop, but, um, you know, like, you know, that alone, we're talking like, you know, $7,000, um, ish so uh i've been haggling with people on craigslist and offer up and facebook and all that stuff and uh so fortunately i've done uh, really well um saved a bunch of money right now. good man it's worth that effort yeah for sure it's amazing uh how creative you can get when you know you're trying to when you're really keeping the dollars in mind and um so tell me about the um First of all, what is the name of the concept? I, you may have said it, but I, I blanked if you did. What's the name uh, of the little, Wait, say it again. Little Veggery. So there's breweries, eateries, but there's no veggery. So I'm like, we'll call it the Little Veggery. Um, yeah. And this is, uh, so vegan and fast casual? Uh, yeah, quick service, uh, um, uh, soy-free, gluten-free, uh, no animal products. Um, press juices, uh, smoothies. Um, uh, yeah, bowls, bowls and salads, you know, like yummy, um, uh, like a Latin inspired bowl with like a mushroom, mushroom asada, uh, you know, rice, beans, chipotle, cashew, crema, you know, pico, uh, guac, salsa. Um, we're going to do a, uh, a ceviche salad, uh, you know, made of hearts of palm, uh, of course, instead of fish, um, a uh, a pokey style bowl, but with beets, right? Instead of instead of fish, uh, like a nice shawarma uh, vibe with good hummus and and some nice crunch, fresh crunchy vegetables. Um, like a pumpkin curry, uh, potato style bowl. Yeah, a little bit of everything. Smoothies, bowls, salads, no soy, no gluten. Yeah, fresh uh, juice. Okay, and then what about? Okay, so talk about. Um, I mean. 
you're hearing a lot more about soy now. I know that, you know, there's a lot of folks that have issues with gluten, my wife being one of them. Uh, what about soy? What's the issue with soy? So uh, a lot of it is, um, you know, a GMO now, from what I understand. And um, it's yeah. one of the things that I understand just to be inflammatory um, and, and just cause, you know, different blockages. Uh, my fiance would be the one uh, better to speak to this exactly as far as how these different, um, you know, process things affect our bodies. Um, I, I mean, again, I, and I say this all the time, I'm not a vegan and I, I, I mean, I've been in restaurants my whole life. I have a restaurant palate. Like, you know, there's, I will, if there's something in front of me that has soy or gluten or whatever, like I'm, I'm going to put it down usually. Um, but I will say that, um, you know, we've done some of these cleanses and stuff that, uh, that she's big on. And, uh, um, like, for example, I, I always struggled with sciatica for like over 10 years now. Like there's, it's just always, you know, like I, I work through it or whatever, you know, um, but I'm always like doing the stretches and stuff and, and, um, and, you know, massages and everything. Cause like, there's always just this like, you know, um, throbbing kind of thing down my leg. And we did one of these cleanses, uh, just steamed vegetables and fruit, you know, no caffeine, no soy, no gluten. And, uh, and I, I realized you know, one day I was cutting vegetables, we were prepping for, for one of these meals. And, uh, whereas I, it was always a case where I could, I could just feel that, that the pain, it was gone. And, uh, and I, I, you know, I've always kind of known, you know, like, yeah, how, what we eat really affects our, our health and our body. But, um, that was like, you know, um, I know over the years I've, you know, lost a bunch of weight from eating cleaner and stuff, but that was one of the first times where it was something that I never thought, you know, the two would be, um, connected uh where from eating cleaner like this real physical discomfort feeling uh was gone um so as far as soy um you know it's it's i can't um truthfully put my finger on exactly um uh the benefits of working around it but i know that all in all um things like soy and gluten um uh working around them can can be can be helpful uh for the body um but again you know we can work around it all we want but if it's not like delicious you know like really yummy and craveable and satiating then nobody's going to care um so that's the exciting part is uh is working around working within that framework but uh making sure that we find the textures and colors and flavors that um yeah you know well i mean i i personally i don't eat any soy um and uh uh and you can definitely make very tasty healthy things without it, uh, without that. And a lot of, a lot of things, a lot of preservatives and so, so forth. Um, yeah, soy is, well, I mean, it's, it's, uh, you know, it was interesting this summer. We, we took an RV trip from, uh, here in North Carolina out to Boulder, Colorado. And, um, nice. when you're going through, yeah, well, I thought it was nice. I don't know if my wife and kids thought it was so nice sometimes, but, uh, I, but uh, it was the, the typical like family of five in an RV thing. It was like something out of a movie, but uh, um, there was so much soy and corn, like particularly in Kansas, it's like all you see, is just soy and corn, soy and corn, soy and corn. And wow. That's big food. That's what they use to, so, I'm, but I was, I was just curious. I mean, you're in LA, uh, in the LA area. Um, I mean, just anecdotally, I would think there's a lot of people out there that are, that are, you know, 
good candidates to for what you're doing. You know, they're trying to stay healthy and fit. And I mean, I, it just seems like a really good place to do what you're doing. But now do you have, um, you mentioned a couple of other um, brands that, you know, one out of Canada and one, I think there that have, have grown or are in growth trajectories. Um, I'm actually a little bit surprised given how, how, how much movement and momentum there's been towards um, plant-based eating. I'm a little surprised there aren't more uh, places like yours, you know, popping up all over the place. Is it hard to, um, I mean, is it hard to keep stock and, you know, fresh, fruits, vegetables, all the stuff you need? Like, is there a lot of, uh, what is it, spoilage or, or things like that? Or like, what's, why aren't there more places like what you're doing, Jason? It's a great question. Um, I think, it, I mean, if I'm not like a, an expert in, in, you know, stuff like this, but from my experience so far, um, I think at the end of the day, we're still like, uh, uh, um, by and large, like a, a carnivore, like society kind of, right. Like, um, yeah. And, um, I, I, part of me thinks that there's still like this kind of like alienating, um, like this like line between meat eaters and, and, and people that don't eat meat. Cause I think from, you know, conversations I've had is that sometimes meat eaters feel that like, plant-based people like look down on kind of, you know, like talking to me, um, like, you know, uh, there's like a finger pointing kind of thing. Um, so maybe that ties into why, uh, um, but, but I don't know, like, but even having, you know, taking this place over, uh, there's people that walk by and, you know, we're painting and we're, um, uh, moving stuff around and getting things ready. And some people walk by and I, you know, put my hand out and introduce myself and some people were really excited. And then, but some people are still so disappointed <laughs> in, uh, the fact that a plant-based operation is, uh, is coming in just cause, you know, uh, you know, the girl came up and she you know, wanted tacos and I'm like, Hey, sorry. Uh, uh, you know, that they, uh, they're not here anymore, but we're, uh, we're going to be opening up soon. Uh, and she goes, Oh, uh, Oh, what kind of food? And I'm like, Oh, we're going to do plant-based. And she like looked at me like up and down. And it was like, yeah, that's not the same. <laughs> I was like, well, sorry. <laughs> well, I was like, well, well, I was like, well, tell me, you know, tell me what you used to like here and, and, and we'll try and, you know, make sure we have something that, that you might enjoy. And she goes, yeah, I don't enjoy plant-based. Um, so, um, you know, I tried, um, but you're right. It's still, pretty in a lot of ways why um and it's probably that because you know at the end of the day like burgers taste good like you know, we all love steak you know like sushi like um so but plant-based stuff is growing uh part of my studying i learned that it's growing at 17 percent a year um whereas you know traditional uh food market is closer to two or three um on average yeah, I mean, I think you're on the front end of something great. And I think you're in a great place to do it, man. Um, you just, you know, then it just becomes a question of, you know, execution, which is no easy task. Um, I mean, you're, you're, you're ready. And um, it's super exciting. I can't wait to, you know, stay in touch and 
you know, in fact, what we ought to do, man, is like check in, like, I don't know, like once a month or something, you can just, you know, have like a series on here. If you're interested in just sharing what's going on and what you're learning, I've always thought that would be a neat thing to do as somebody is getting started. Um, tell me about hiring people. You got a staff yet, or is that like, how, how does that work when you're opening a month from now? Yeah. Um, I knew that was going to be one of the, uh, um, bigger challenges because, uh, there's like way more restaurant jobs. Well, uh, the, um, you know, we took a big hit with the pandemic. A lot of people just found other industries to work in. And so the people that are left are, you know, making a lot more money now. Um, at one of the restaurants I work at dishwashers are making 20 an hour. Um, so, um, the thankfully I uh, found a great uh, vegan chef uh, who is uh, helping develop the menu. Um, so good, and it, it even still boggles me how uh, uh, the food can be with all, you know, all all plants. Because um, I didn't grow up eating this way, um, but it's exciting now. Um, and then. Uh, yeah, so I, it's it's going to be a really lean operation for now. We're going to open with limited hours and and you know kind of develop our rhythm and stuff. So I uh, just put an ad on Craigslist and found a couple. I found one. I have two guys. Uh, one guy's going to run the like the be my AM guy, and then the other guy's going to be a PM guy. And then of course I'll be here and, and Chef will be here for a little bit. Um, but yeah. One guy threw a friend of a friend, another, another guy threw so and I posted on Craigslist and you know tried to groom him. Um, I uh, and it's tough because it's it's hard to find people, and then when you, when you do get somebody who's interested, you really want to. One thing I've learned in management is is if you hire hard, you can manage. So you want to really try and get to know somebody and make sure that the work ethic is there and and that they have a, a commitment to high standards and. And that, you know, we mesh well because we're going to spend a lot of time together. Um, so, uh, yeah, so I've been fortunate that we uh, secured our staff. What did you, I lost you for a half a second, there, but it was something I wanted. I wanted to hear what you said. You said when you hire hard. Hire hard, manage easy. Um, you know, I, yeah, I like for, uh, uh, you know, if, if you have a pulse and you can breathe, you know, throw, throw an apron on and, and get in. And then sometimes you get lucky and, and you find uh, good people. But um, if you really uh, spend the time to, um, you know, lay out expectations and see how people respond and, um, you know, do the best we can to make sure that we share uh, the, our vision on work ethic and, and you know, commitment to, uh, you know, high standards and, you know, consistency and executing at a high level, um, do the best we can to, um find the right people uh, that line up with all that, then it becomes managing them easy. Um, but, you know, you get the wrong person sometimes on board. And then uh, some people, in my experience in management, some people, you know, start off rocky, but can turn a corner. Um, but sometimes it's just not a good fit. So the, the more we can do to get in front of that, the better. I'm trying to think of what, are the, I mean, there's like a thousand things I'd like to ask you, but I guess the last one for now um, is, what do you do to, you know, you've got obviously your foot traffic and you've, you know, you're going through the process of putting up signage and everything else, but um, how else are you spreading the word uh, that you're going to be there soon and, you know, getting people excited? Um, I've 
always been big on the idea that um, our biggest tool is going to be word of mouth. Um, right. Like uh, everything that we do um, thought goes into it as far as how it comes across to the guest signage when people drive by, um, you know, our website um, that we're uh, currently building, you know, make sure that it's seamless and, and, and it jumps and any information that somebody might want is readily there. Um, contact info hours, all that, you know, what we're about, who we are, um, you know, I, you know, I learned that people, the experience doesn't always start when someone walks in, the experience starts when they call on the phone. How are we answering the phone? Um, you know, are we excited uh, that people are calling? Um, are we, uh, you know, something as little as like, uh, you know, thanks for calling. How may I assist you versus how can I help you? Like, it's a little thing like that that comes across gracefully. And, um, and then from when they walk in, you know, put thought into making it feel nice. I remember Danny Meyer's book. Uh, he said that uh, people like to be transported um, when, when they walk into an establishment. If I can for a second while I have them, just take them out of their, the daily grind of their day with thoughtful ambiance and comfortable lighting and, uh, and friendliness and promptness, uh, from the staff and, um, and good music, you know, like, uh, um, so, you know, and, and then, you know, serving the food and making sure uh, that it's consistent and it, and it's delicious and every time the same. Um, and then that way, you know, people leave and they, and they tell their friend, Hey, you know, I, I just went to this spot. It's brand new. Plant based would be so good. Um, so word of mouth is, uh, uh, put a lot of effort into that. And then of course, you know, social media, we have our, um, pages live. Um, we haven't, it's still so new that we haven't, there's not much action, uh, on the page, but, um, either today or tomorrow, um, I do a little intro, uh, about finding a space and launching soon. Um, and then, uh, get involved with the community as we can, you know, uh, uh, see what we need to sponsor a youth athletics team or youth music programs and, um, um, reach out to the local, uh, uh, papers, um, you know, cause they all have little food columns and make sure that we are inviting people in and, and, um, showing them a nice time so that, uh, we can get some exposure that way. Um, yeah, social media. Oh, and then of course with the uh, delivery apps, um, I'm setting all that up as we speak with the DoorDashes and the Uber Eats and the GrubHubs. Um, cause as, as, uh, as painful as it, you know, the commissions are pretty high. Um, but the, I think the advertising is, is worth it to get the, get the, get the brand out, get the name out. Um, yeah. Social media, word of mouth, uh, local publications, uh, the delivery apps and, um, and then get involved with the community as much as we can. Have, a, I mean, some of the food prices have just gone up astronomically over the last, you know, three to six months. More of those are probably, I would imagine, uh, meat and things that you're not serving. How about vegetable prices and fruit prices and things like that that'll be on your menu? Have those gone up as much? Wheat's another one that has, but you don't have any gluten. So. Right. Um, so it's to be determined. Um, I mean, I'm bracing myself for the worst, right? Um, but at the end of the day, I, I, I have to get the numbers to go. So um, once I, we start getting everything in and, and seeing how things are looking, then we'll price accordingly. Uh, I, I have to hit our targets for like food costs and stuff. So whatever it ends up costing to put 
food in a, on a plate, um, we'll build on that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But I mean, fortunately we're all in it, you know, we're all in it together. So, uh, you know, it won't be like, you will, well that, you know, see how much it costs to put in the bowl and then also look around and see what other people are charging and try and find a nice little spot in there. Go creep, creep around looking at other people's menus. <laughs> That was a funny story, man. Dude, that's hilarious. Guys just trying to do some market research. <laughs> Love it. Um, well, so what's top of mind? Like what's what's on what's on the top of your list right now between now and I mean you got whatever, like five weeks. Like what are the big things you have to accomplish between now and then? Um let's have let's have a look. Um so much uh got most of the small wares done um one of the consultants that i worked with has this big uh pretty checklist you know a pre-opening checklist uh and i've looked at that over the uh, last couple of years to see where we're at um so i'll go through that um some of the so i secured our guys um but the like official uh the, the new hire packet with all the documents i've been building that um had a meeting with the apparel person uh, a couple of days ago uh, to finalize that. And uh, so I'll be sending that off in the next couple of days. Um, our signage, um, we approved the um, final uh, draft. So uh, pulled the trigger on that. And that should be ready in a couple of weeks. Um, I have these big, pretty TVs uh, on which the previous owner had his menu. So I uh, got to get signed up with the right person to um, get us uh, to put everything up there. Um, yeah, just all the, uh, I met a guy over, uh, uh, over the course of all this, who was a, a big wig at one of the uh, um, distributors, pro distributors. And he's like, Hey, you know, like when the time comes, so he left and then now does his own thing. And, uh, and um, he always said to reach out cause he would, you know, walk me through the tricks and stuff and how, what the guys do to, um, you know, to, uh, fluff the prices up and he goes, you know, give me a call and, and I'll walk you through how to, you know, uh, work with those guys and keep things down. Um, painting, uh, one of my fiance's good friends does these beautiful murals, um, that we're going to do on one of these walls. And then, uh, so the wall behind me is going to stay, of course, that's got the pretty woodwork. And then the wall opposite to that is a cool mural. And then we're going to paint the other two walls, a nice, uh, soft, color so uh we're doing that in the next uh week yeah um one of my uh um the guy that does a beverage program at one of the restaurants that i work at is a complete stud um and he works obviously mostly with cocktails but he is uh like a, um just a genius at combining fun flavors so we're gonna make pressed juices but i'm like well cool let's have uh liam um uh think of cool stuff you know because he makes his cocktail with uh, Midori and Parmesan, right? And people wow. go, right? People go like, like everybody the same look, like what? And, um, but it like, people go crazy for it. And, you know, like our chef there um, said that she hates, uh, hates Parmesan and hates Midori, but she loves that cocktail. So, uh, so he's a stud at, at putting together nice flavors. So, um, so he our drinks for us and we're going to have uh, uh, a little tasting coming up in the next couple of days and um, go over how to execute that and yeah every day check stuff off the list and then stuff comes up and i add more to it and then i look at it and i prioritize you know what can be done later what has to be done now and uh just 
dancing, dancing in the rain. So you, you, you mentioned your fiance has been real helpful. When do you get married? Um, soon. Um, I, I should hurry before she changes her mind. Um, <laughs> you got a lot of big things happening, big life events, man. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the goal we got in last year and, um, finally I chased her around for 10 years. Well, 10 years she made me wait. Um, and yeah. Um, so, you know, of course this is taking up a lot of our time and, and energy and stuff. So as soon as we can get this thing to hum, uh, we'll start uh, looking at that. Last question, man. Tell me about, uh, some of your favorite, you got a bunch of tattoos on your arms here. Which ones are some of your favorite ones or most meaningful ones? Oh, um, I tried to get them all to like mean some cool. Um, the, uh, one of my restaurant tour heroes in LA, um, his name's Bill Chate, and uh, he, I stalked his Instagram once, and uh, he, his very first Instagram post is uh, a quote by uh, Charles Bukowski. Um, I can't, I never read any Bukowski books, so I'm not trying to, you know, uh, I don't want to fake the funk here, but uh, uh, the quote is, find what you love and let it kill you. And uh, oh, that just like sung to me. So I have that uh, across my chest, um, especially in this line of work, right? Like it's a grind, it takes a lot out of us, but I love it. So here we are. Um, I have a ship. Um, I got all traditional stuff because I had been wanting sleeves for a long time and sure even where to start. And um, I, over the course of like four weeks, two years ago, I ran into like a bunch of guys that had great tattoos and I asked them, you know, about them and they all said, go to the same guy. You go to Johnny two thirds in Hermosa beach. And, uh, so he does all traditional. So I was like, cool, I'm getting all traditional. Uh, I got a ship because, uh, to remind me that a smooth sea never made a skilled sailor. Um, so yeah, that, yeah that's a great one. Yeah. Um, I got a, a hot air balloon because, um, I read that if things feel rocky, sometimes things aren't going your way. Um, imagine yourself high up above the ground, looking down and, uh, it makes your problems feel smaller. Um, you know, it's about perspective, whatever. So that's helpful. Um, and then, uh, there's, I've wanted something with fire because Danny Meyer has a thing on fire that he talks about. Uh, so I got this little lantern with a campfire in it. Um, Danny Meyer says that as a manager, you have, fire and you have to be smart with how you use that fire you use it as like um as a campfire to like gather people around for warmth and stuff and and um for uh you know nice little hangout sesh you use the fire like as a torch to like lead the way right and then of course uh sometimes if uh you know when it comes to accountability sometimes people aren't doing what, what they're supposed to do you got it fire <laughs> you gotta poke them with the Hot poker. So Danny Meyer, you've mentioned a couple of times and you, uh, his book setting the table is, is one is, you know, an iconic, I mean, just a wonderful, amazing book that so many people over the years I've spoken to have read that, learned from that implemented a lot of the things he talks about. So he's a clearly a role model of yours. Who are some of the other ones that, uh, you've learned a lot from? He's probably the biggest, um, uh, my, uh, my old, one of my old, uh, bosses, uh, Mike Zislis owns a big, uh, uh, restaurant hotel group here in the South Bay. And, and he started a concept called rock and brews and they're expanding like crazy. Um, he's been a huge influence and role model for me, uh, as far as he calls himself a serial entrepreneur. Um, 
he's uh he's always you know always seeing how and and all of his operations really well um i read all the books you know like bastianich uh i I apply things i learned from him um of course uh you know kitchen confidential bourdain um has been big um whatever i can get my hands on really um old gms that i've worked with you know i always remember stuff that that they taught me um as far as uh different things about like how we present ourselves in the dining room and stuff. Um, uh, my general manager at, Stra- at Strand House where I work, his name was Michael Morissette. And, uh, and, you know, kind of comes back to everything we do. Uh, we do it for the guest. Um, I mean, something is like simple as like, there's some chairs that are not being used that are kind of pushed off to the side of the dining room and a guest walks by and it looks like storage, you know, like they're just, they're not being used. Some are upside down, stack on each other like that. There's a way that you can, rearrange that so that it looks like an inviting place to sit you know like uh, uh um just because it's more appealing to, to the eye and, and it feels better in the room um stuff like that or like you know like one of the places i work to I work at uh we wear long sleeves and um and we're allowed to like roll our sleeves up um but i never roll my i always keep my sleeves rolled down out of respect for the dining room and and uh and for professionalism and stuff, um, even on a hot day and it's 90 degrees out here in LA and everybody's got their sleeves up, but, uh, but I keep my sleeves down out of respect to, to what we do and, and, and to the mentorship I received from, um, Michael Morissette, um, recently passed from COVID. Bless his soul. Um, yeah. yeah um, but, uh, yeah, a lot of, you know, um, thankful for anybody I've met across the long you're a uh you're clearly a curious person and a uh, student of the game man i really enjoy talking to you jason i'd really could i could actually have a uh kind of skipped a call i was supposed to get here uh 15 minutes ago because i didn't i just didn't want to stop man i really enjoy this um i'd love to do this again you know um after you guys get open and get rolling, man, maybe we can check in and see how things are going compared to plan and what, what things have happened that you positive or negative that you hadn't expected and how you guys are adjusting. I think it's really cool opportunity to document, you know, sort of real time somebody's first attempt at this. And man, I just know you're going to make it work. I can just tell by talking to you and the amount of thought and time and care and love that you've put into it and that you have for the industry that you're a part of. Um, so, uh, not that it will be easy. Um, but you know, it's, uh, takes a lot of, um, well, as you experience just trying to raise money, you know, you said your, your, um, fiance, you know, quote, talked you off the ledge a couple of times. Like it's, it's tough. It's hard. There's a roller coaster ride, but you just keep rolling and you, you know, you get there, but, Stay on that, uh, stay on that balloon ride on the rough days, man. Cause, uh, that's a great perspective. I really like that. I think that's a neat way to look at it. And the, you know, you're going to have your, you're going to become a good sailor, man. <laughs> There's no doubt about it. It's, it's not an easy business, but none is and nothing worthwhile is, uh, easy. So I, I'm, I'm excited for you, man. And I really appreciate you taking the time out of your busy day to, um, add some value to this, this podcast, man. I know a lot of people will appreciate it. Happy to do it. Uh, it's a, it's an honor to uh, to you know even be asked 
um, to do it. I have huge respect for you and, and everything you've done. And, uh, and I've, I've, like I said, I've learned a lot from listening to people um, on here. And uh, so it feels like I got you know, a chance to give back and um, share whatever I can for anybody else who uh, might be a couple steps behind me. Yeah, I'm happy to uh, check in and, and uh, uh, talk about progress and where we're at. I'd, I'd love to. I'd love that. Let's do it, man. We'll catch up. Uh, you just you. I'll I'll wait to hear from you because you you'll know when you're ready and you know when you got time to to do it. But um, I, I would truly love to do that if it works for you. Likewise. Okay. All right, brother. Talk soon. Cheers. See you.